Hey, at least I don't have to say where I'm playing. On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we determined that all good time travelers know to employ the Biff strategy. And have a serious debate on whether or not Kronos is a serial killer. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. I'm not doing that weird voice that Diana is doing. No. no. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Season 7, Episode 12. Time after time. Sometimes. Do you picture me? I am never walking too far ahead of Diana because my legs are like half the size of hers. So I could never physically walk ahead of her. <laughs> Much, yeah. uh, so how are you this week liz i don't even know it's it's october it is october so that's happened i don't know how <laughs> you're stocked up on skeletons i bought an obscene amount of skeletons today at at in um is it at home yeah and that store is dangerous holy shit that store needs a lot more things to be on sale uh it was it was a little pricier if i wanted to be but um i got some yeah yeah i stopped like thankfully i had to go back to work right because i was just (laughs) i was like ah just like i stopped because i knew after i took you know i i have been um the vet shuttle for my mom's cats so after I took another cat to the vet, it's just been, and we had, a, we had another cat party this weekend where all the cats got baths and got shaved. Yes. And I've been trying to like find like ways to talk about like that my mom's cat was getting shaved without like being like, I, you know, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, damn it. Without saying my mom's cat's getting shaved. That's what you're trying to not say. But say. Yeah. So, but groomed, groomed also, but still is weird. And so. But Portia, Portia yeah. got the full Monty, and so she's got a little. She's a little. She has a little frame around her face, and a little poof on her on her tail, and her little little feet, and her big yeah. ass belly just like swinging around in her fupa, <laughs> like that leg is just like just hanging underneath <sighs> her big ass belly. But I think she feels that like she seems a lot more comfortable with that. I forgot where I was going. <laughs> Oh, the skeletons. It was starting about skeletons, but now we're talking about yeah. So, but also yeah. But I mean, at home, like that, I was kind of impressed. I was just like, no, you do not need to buy all. Like, I I bought. Okay, you definitely need a trash can for your office, but that's it. You can buy this trash can and then the hundreds of dollars of skeletons and this trash can. That is the only practical thing you can buy. They have they have some decent outdoor stuff, I think, because I think I I didn't buy much, but I did like I think I got an outdoor rug there. Did I? I don't know. I looked at stuff there before. Well, it's just especially you know as I'm I'm in that mid house stage where it's just like. like I, I, but I'm also just trying very hard not to spend money and, or at least on things I don't actually need. I mean, the skeletons yeah. clearly needed. That's a need, obviously. Clearly needed, clearly, because they have the flamingos there, and they were the only place. And so right now they're all like in my car, and I'm about to go on a trip, and I'm like, do I just leave them in the car, and then just like have feeling if somebody breaks into my car and steals the skeletons, well, fuck off, like. <sighs> So what about you? I had a pretty eventful weekend, actually. I mean, I got, I got, went and saw Off With Their Heads, who were fantastic as usual, <clears throat> at Three Links in D. Fallon. And then I um, spent some time getting tattooed on Saturday. That was Friday night was that Saturday night was tattoo day. And then Sunday was uh, State Fair of Texas. I got my, it was opening weekend. So I went and got my Fletcher's Corny Dog, like you have to, and get my picture with Big Tex. Um, and, um, yeah, I had a good little time running around and saw our friends from Island getaway rum. They've got to set up all, all season at the fair and oh, that's cool. they've got samples. They have samples. So I did that. They have a cute, that's a really cute setup, like a little tiki vibe. So yeah, good little weekend. Busy. 
Yeah, I forgot. I hold down the. I forgot. I worked down the fort. I was like, why didn't I feel like it? What did I do? Oh yeah, you just worked. You didn't have a weekend. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm holding down the fort while while Babe's on an adventure. You're being a bachelorette. Yeah, I feel like I had what is that? It was like the, what's the trend now? Is like girl dinner or whatever. It's like it's this thing where like when chicks make stupid shit for dinner because they're by themselves. It's like the shit that we would do. So like tonight, I was like, I'm making myself a fucking baked brie for dinner. And guess what I made for dinner? A fucking baked brie. I felt a little guilty, so I made a little pesto pasta on the side. Because <laughs> I was like, I need something other than like bread and baked brie in my face. But do you? Well, not much. Just a little bit. Yeah. So <clears throat> Mostly I really wanted leftovers for other stuff to eat this week, so I don't have to cook every night. <laughs> that was, I'm like, I'm going to make some pesto pasta, because then that'll, that's good for a few days. Yeah, that is true. Oh, you're going to make me hungry. Okay. Sorry. So, all right. Uh, so, yeah, very. <clears throat> so, this week is going to be, I don't know. So, we're October. It's spooky season. Hooray. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, oh, one thing just in kind of the land of things I just noticed that I don't know why I did not notice this before, but Ruth Connell from the show, who you've not met yet, but who you know who she is, and she's amazing. I'm aware. She's in Nandor and the Talking Mongoose. Which is the new Simon Pegg movie, which about Jeff, the talking mongoose, the paranormal event that was like so, you know. Oh. We've talked talked about about, it. I think think I did a whole thing about Jeff. No, yeah, we did that. We've done lore about that. Yeah. Yeah, So um, I didn't know there was a movie now. Yeah. So there's a movie and it's available on streaming. So I have something to watch on the plane tomorrow. I said to figure out like if I can find it for free or if like maybe it'll be streaming on the plane. So, but, hmm. and then I can even like, yeah. So I'm very excited about that. And so, I'm, and the fact that she's in it, like this also just makes me happy. So, uh, so this episode time after time was season seven, episode 12 and first aired January 13th, 2012 and was directed by Phil Spiccia and written by Robbie Thompson, who we last saw, um, in who last saw write slash fiction and that was the first time that he had done anything for the supernatural but will not be the last time that we see him so hmm. we start off hmm. with a hat and a trench coat man <clears throat> hat man yeah fedora fedora dude i think i just call this person fedora through my notes by the way I, I call him hat man <laughs> hat man it might have been easier to write i don't know i like writing f's though so fedora uh walking away from a house down an alley sam and dean have been like obviously staking this guy out and they're like we're going in sam's like what's the plan dean's like don't die spoiler that they succeed um (laughs) in the plan not part of the plan but anyways uh, and I'm also really irritated. Like, there's like, like all these like food wrappers on the dash of the car. It's just really junky looking. It just what looks really going? smelly. And I think I comment on this I later. Know. Like, the, the car shows the latest. They all look gross right now. But my car is finally clean because I had to take my aunt somewhere mm-hmm. last week. So I cleaned out my car. And then, like, I finally washed it yesterday. And then you filled it with skeletons. And then right now it's filled. It's still filled with skeletons. So anyway, so they oh. split it through the alleys and there's a guy and there's a red light and it's being sucked out of someone. Someone's getting a red sucked out for sex. I don't know. <laughs> they got a red light sucked out of them into the fedora man. Into, yeah, hat man. And then Dean's like, ah, and then he runs and he tackles a hat man and then poof. Yeah. And Dean gets sucked into the red bright light with the fedora man so it's it's a very confusing intro i'm just saying suck- it was very hard to describe sucking. and then like <sighs> sam's just like dude and it's just like this very long guttural dean i'm like what is happening but we then we, we were like okay i guess this is how we start we're gonna yeah. go back in we- time already oh, oh. Two, two, two days earlier. Already. Spoiler. No, I'm just kidding. Two days earlier. Well, it's called time yes. after time. So I know. So obviously. We're going to a time that's two days earlier. Yeah. And Dean is obsessive. We'll figure out that Dean's been obsessively researching Dick Roman. Just, <laughs> just Dean. Dick all the time. Just Dick all the time. He's just. Googling Dick. Just Googling Dick. Just, but he's just doom scrolling. And Sam's phone <laughs> yes. rings. <clears throat> and it wakes him up. And it's Jody Mills. Yay. Yay, Jody. Jody. 
And she's like, hot tip. There's a body in Canton, Ohio that pretty much looks mummified and everybody's trying to cover it up. And it's not the first one. So y'all need to get the fuck out there because it sounds like your jam. Um, and then she also kind of like, we get a good implication here because I was like, oh, fuck, does Jody know about Bobby? was one of my first thoughts. Like, right? When we figure out that it's her calling. And she does because she chokes up and talks about how like the stuff she's been through with Sam and Dean and Bobby. So. Yeah, so I mean, she's touched by his death, and I I, I appreciate that. I like it. Yeah, because they almost uh, made out that one time. They did almost make out that time. So, anyways, they get off the phone, or and did Sam's they? like, "I thought they almost made out." Well, we don't know. Like, did they? They could have. Well, maybe I hope they yeah. did. But. So they get off the phone and uh, Sam is giving Dean shit about obsessing over doom scrolling dick, basically. Doom scrolling dick. Ooh. Anyways. Uh, and uh, it's, Sam hopes that he's watching cartoon smut, is what he calls it. And Dean closes the laptop and says, It's called anime and it's an art form. <laughs> so. So we go to Canton, Ohio. Because I they got to figure quote, out what to like, I just was like, am I going to Canton, Ohio tomorrow? <laughs> I may actually drive through Canton, Ohio. I'm not sure. If I do, I'll snap a pic and that'll be really great. But so they are in Canton, Ohio, and they're saying this foreclosed house that looks hella haunted and I want it. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck house is this? Oh, they're just picking a flop house. It's up for auction. And so they move in and it's like rock, paper, scissors for like the shitty rooms. It's just gross. Whatever. Um, and Sam wins because paper beats rock. And that's just something it's a within the Winchester lore. Sam always wins because paper always beats rock. That's funny. Huh. There you go. Well, they've got a case file and they're like, well, you know, these kids found this body playing hide and seek. Ew, that's sad. Why do they have the and whole case file? Like, did they steal it? I, where like, did they get I have Why no is that picture in there? File. But also they're in trench coats. So I need to get trench coat. And I, I like that they added this to this. And I feel like they've taken this from Bobby. I don't know. And I feel like they had coats before, but now they do. And I like it. No, well, either way, the, the whole, the whole thing we've got is that they're like all right well there's a, an unreliable witness as identified by police so they're gonna go visit with this guy and they introduce themselves as agents smith not related uh and the guy looks super freaked and wants to talk outside because his mom's sleeping and it's like a grown man wrapped up in a like grown young ish man wrapped in a blanket and we realize when he starts explaining why what happened because he they, he they insist that he tell the real story we realize oh no the cops are calling him an unreliable witness because well his stories you know if you're not into this shit story sounds far-fetched but also he's fucking high he was he was medicating self-medicating on the patio and so he saw the whole thing and he he's, he can't remember what a fedora is called so he calls it the justin timberlake hat for 2012 that was accurate that's accurate. It's just funny. Now it's extra funny. But, and then he talks about the red light. Okay. So now we've got this, um, that, that corroborate. We've got this red light. This is the first time the Sam and Dean have heard about the red light. We've as viewers have already seen it once. So there we go. And the guy aged before his eyes. So they go back and research and drink beer like they do. And they're in their flop house. They learn that Canton's a hot spot for weird dead bodies. Huh? Fun. With a history going back to the 1920s of bodies that have been identified as either burned, um, leathery, decayed, dehydrated, basically like some kind of like shriveled up bodies have been found off and on for decades. Yeah, desiccated. And there's a story about how uh, a woman named Terry Cervantes found a corpse near a church and it made the front news of the newspaper. And I can't find any pattern to these deaths other than the fact that they seem to drop in threes every couple decades. So there we go. Dean wants to do more research and Sam has a hot take again, because he's really into giving Dean hard, hard time. No, oh, oh. And says, oh, more anime or strictly into dick now. <laughs> also, Jared's hair is so long. It's very long in this episode. So 
and Dean thinks he's all slick. And he's like, let me just Google kitten webcams. He's learned to hack cameras. But like, he's not actually, (laughs) but like the way they show him doing it is not how it works. Google like webcam, enter. Yes, that is, that is not, no, that is exactly how you hack a web camera. Okay. So, and, uh, anyways, but he's able to pull up a bunch of views around the city and Sam's super impressed because Dean learned, learned it from watching Frank. Oh, and somehow the also like they've got all the back footage from these places, but that's cool. Yeah, that's, and they can go back cool. in time and like look at all of them. But they found Hatman, hooray! They find Timberlake, Timberlake Fedora Hatman, whatever you want to call him. They find him, and they're like, "Wait a minute, that same guy is in the like because the camera quality is so fucking good." They can zoom yeah. in to see his facial features also, and realize that he's actually also in that cover story in that news article from decades ago. Totally makes sense. Yep. So they're going to go talk to Terry, that the little, who was the little girl that found this dead body. And Terry and grew up to be a doctor, and I'm very proud did. of Terry. Go for you. Like, I know this was not hard you, in, in what, you, what you came of age in, Terry. So good for you. So she's like, hey, I don't know. Whatever happened to that body, I still to this day don't know. But by the way, that dude in the fedora, that's Mr. Snyder. He lived on my parents' street. Okay, then. So that's where we get back to our intro scene with the stakeout. Yeah, and this is where I comment because they're either like, this is as like Sam and Dean are having a smelly stakeout. And that's just looking at this car. I'm just like, ew. It smells like mustard and onions, I bet. It, it, and I like those things on a burger, but I don't want to sit in a car. Oh, uh, like yeah. That. Or like the day after, like you go to In N Out or something. Ooh. But I did. You leave french fries in your car. Yeah. No, I did at like, I forgot where I got it. I got this like little like jelly bat. And uh, it's like an Austin bat or something, but it smells like I don't know, like one of like a tr- like a mini tree or something. But then my car smells really good, and I, ha- and I have a bat. That's nice. Yeah. I like it's a combo. Which goes right like into it. this next thing where they're just kind of like, so what is this? Like, is he a dude? Like, but you know, is he a vamp? Like, what's going on? And Sam's like, no, Mm-mm. but the bodies have blood. It was just like really old blood. So then I asked, asked like, does blood stay in a mummy? And because it wouldn't, right? And so, like, blood breaks down. I checked. Like, of course I did. Yeah. But, the, like, the, those like those guys wouldn't have blood left in them. They would have been, like, broken down. Or something else. Well, and the whole thing about them being, like, desiccated and, like, like, they thought they were dehydrated or decaying or leathery. Like, that's, like, a lack of moisture. So the blood, like, would have to be dry. I don't know. It's don't dust. Know. It's not blood anymore. That just isn't, like, that, yeah. tra- like, that doesn't. Anyways. It makes no sense. But they see Hatman, so, Fedora dude. Yeah, and so we get the whole little intro scene again. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here we get. All right. And then, but we cut back, and this time, Dean, we see Dean finish the tackle. He doesn't just get, he gets sucked into the light. There's a bright light, and then he finishes the tackle, and then they're in the, they're still in the alley, but it looks a little bit different. And he sees that Fedora man is wearing, has like this ring that looks kind of like an infinity symbol slash uh a a uh, hourglass kind of thing on it and uh that guy runs away so dean pulls a gun and chases him down the alley and there's jazz playing suddenly and now he's in the middle of the street and it's the 40s or at least like what we were assuming we're giving we're getting some hints around that right <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm yeah. like the ve- all of a sudden we got old vehicles that the street scene is very different there's families they're dressed in 40s 1940s attire and they are distraught that dean dressed like a weirdo and just ran out in the street with a gun and now we so he gets arrested so we got a kappa Kappa's and the kappas are taking him down to the police station i guess yeah yeah and i immediately wrote damn it is this a time travel episode <laughs> and texted liz yeah and so dean's just like handcuffed into it's handcuffed <laughs> I'm just, uh, he's kind of, I'm just very amused. This cop is like going through his stuff and it's kind of funny how he's like fucking with his pocket knife. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Like the technology, even like on a pocket knife is completely different. Like it looks completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Dean's just like, I'm a fed. He's like, no, you're not. You're a kraut wencher. And Dean's like, I don't even like Sarah. But his, the, his FBI badge, they point out was issued 68 years from right now. 
so and that is where dean does the math and we realize that it's 1944 yeah yeah and i think he's a spy for germany and they do and so we're diana was correct it's a time travel episode right mm-hmm. so we all know what we say here time travel is stupid um, but so we're gonna do, but we're not. So we're gonna. I'm gonna quiz Diana about this about time travel and science. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no. Okay. Right. So your first question. You ready? In the classic movie Back to the Future, the DeLorean time machine famously misfires in its journey through time. But where does the movie go wrong in terms of theoretical physics? (laughs) Is it one? It forgot that Marty needed a cosmic GPS to navigate through time. Two, it excludes the concept of space-time with the necessary temporal coordinates. Three, the flux capacitor isn't powerful enough to bend reality. Or four, ignore the quantum entanglement of Marty's shoelaces. one no although i feel like number one kind of could be true because it's two because it excludes the concept of space time and the necessary temporal coordinates which is kind of like a fat so space time basically means that time and space are in like time and location are inseparable so like you can't like, if Marty put, like, I'm going to go to, like, this time, like, in the DeLorean, like, he wouldn't be traveling to that place on Earth. He would be, like, sucked into, like, some weird vortex. And, and be at the same location. He'd be, like, in a, like in a vacuum in space, right? So, like, right. you just can't alter one without influencing the other. So, basically, they just won't work. Okay, so that's your first question just some simple theoretical physics right this is fine all right question number two in the epic sci-fi movie i don't know if it's epic uh that's what chat jbt called it um in the epic sci-fi movie interstellar the team of astronauts traverse through a wormhole to reach another galaxy but what's the big oopsie the movie makes when it comes to the theory of wormholes, if they exist in space time, space time, space time travel is possible through black holes? Is it one? It suggests wormholes could lead you to a random Chuck E. Cheese in 1987. Two, it forgets to mention wormholes are probably one-way trips. Three, it implies wormholes pop up conveniently near Saturn. Or four, it neglects the concept that wormhole, wormholes likely lead to another defined point in space-time. Four. It is number four. So, like, basically, if you have, if wormholes are real, like, you can go from, like, A to B. Like, you just right. go A to B. Like, you can't. It doesn't you go, can't like, go A to A where to... the fuck I want to go to. You can only yeah, go to the other end. And if you have the video right now, you would see I'm basically making weird things with my fist. Okay. <laughs> so, You're just fist bumping I'm yourself. I'm fist bumping okay. myself. I'm wormholing myself. All right. So. You don't. That's, I don't want to Google that. Go ahead. All right. So uh, your question number four. In the Star Trek universe, the recurring concept of, I meant to look up how to say this word, tachyons, T-A, it was going to be, I was assuming tach, like tachometer, T-A-C-H-Y-O-N-S, is often associated with time travel events. In the Star Trek universe, that recurring concept, okay, yes, okay. So what is that? Is it A, a particle that travels faster than the speed of light? B, a subatomic particle used to power starship warp drives? C, a type of energy field generated by starship engines? Or D, a form of exotic matter used to stabilize wormholes? I think it's two, but I'm also not sure. It is A, a particle that travels faster than the speed of light. Damn it, that was my second one. Okay. 
All right. So number five in the movie, the butterfly effect, the concept of the butterfly effect plays a central role. What is the butterfly effect? <laughs> is it that a visual effect uses them? Is it a, a visual effect used to symbolize time travel in the film? B a metaphor for the transformation of the main character into a butterfly. C a scientific phenomenon where the flapping of a butterfly's wings could cause a tornado. Or D, a recurring motif of butterflies appearing throughout the movie. C. It is C. You are correct. Butterfly effect is a scientific phenomenon where the flapping of a butterfly's wing can cause a tornado. So question number six. Are there any actual butterflies in the butterfly effect? I'd have to have seen the movie and I don't know. So what do you think? I'm going to go with no. Yes, of course there are. It's called a butterfly effect. Like, what the fuck? You think they wouldn't want any butterflies in the movie? Yeah, the I could see effect? that. Yeah. S Side question. Can a butterfly's wings flapping cause a tornado? I mean, I... No, okay, no, that's theory, total bullshit. Literally. No, that cannot happen. Okay. So <laughs> well, it's like a, it's like the, it's like the domino effect. It doesn't mean like the literal, it's causal. Like, a it's to B. It's not directly causal. Yeah. But that's that can't happen. Okay. So number seven, in the two thousand, I guess it'd be the butterfly effect of Ashton Kircher and in interviews. Um, so at number seven in the two thousand two film adaptation of the Time Machine. Which concept related to time travel is central to the storyline? Is it A, the concept of time dilation due to nearest light speed travel? B, the idea that small changes in the past can drastically alter the present and future? C, the exploration of parallel universes and alternate timelines? Or D, the use of wormholes as a means of instantaneous time travel? What movie? The Time Machine. <sighs> uh so i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with b no it's still wormholes damn so they're still wrong they're still wrong yeah yep so then number eight the director of the 2000 2002 film adaptation of the time machine was is this is a true or false question sorry was was that director uh hg wells great great grandson yeah he was his name is simon wills but also more importantly he directed five Wolves west <gasps> yeah see i i, oh, I did. <laughs> that is one of the best songs ever in it <sighs> all right number nine what was i i was at some show and somebody covered that song and i cried god damn it who did that it was amazing I don't remember. <laughs> all right number nine in the movie bill and ted's excellent adventure which concept related to time travel is exemplified through the film's premise? Is it A, the concept of time loops where events repeat endlessly? B, the idea that time travelers can change history with minimal consequences? C, the exploration of parallel universes and alternate versions of reality? Or D, the predestination paradox where future actions lead to their own costs? that one it is it is that so like that means like so okay so event a causes event b is that typical cause and effect right uh -huh. and so that's how that's how we work literally normally and so but with the predestination paradox b is what causes a but because a had to occur first so lead to b to happen you get a loop and just goes, and this is why time travel is stupid and it's just and this out. is why time travel is stupid and question number 10 was going to be about donnie darko but then i didn't want to think about donnie darko so now we're done with this and time travel is stupid i also have to do my makeup <laughs> cool yeah it works for me but speaking of doing All makeup right. um in comes somebody who tells the cop to take a powder and who is this? It is a a new detective, and he wants to know what like really happened. New detective. <laughs> new detective. <laughs> new detective, and he wants to know what really happened in the alley. Yeah, he so also Dean tells has him the truth. a fedora. He is not nude. <laughs> no, I wish he was nude with a fedora. <laughs> Naked with a fedora. <sighs> okay, go on. 
Well, either way, so he wants to know all about this, and Dean's like, oh shit, you're a fucking hunter, because you believe me. And he is, and it is none other than Elliot Ness. What? Craziness. No, Diana had to Google. Anyways. Um, okay, I can get that you have not seen The Untouchables, but you had to Google Elliot Ness. Well, it's not like a name like I know off the top of my Al head. Capone. Like I googled it and I was like, I I did a Google. I was like, oh yeah, that guy. I I knew as soon as I saw it. It's just not something that's like at the forefront of my my brain. Our brains are very different things than us. Also, my brain was full of fair food yesterday when I watched the episode. So I'll take that too. Fair food. <sighs> okay, so I ate I ate I ate loaded French fry pizza. It doesn't have marinara sauce. It has ranch dressing. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a lot. All right. So Sam's got his murder wall going back. Yeah, in he's got a literal modern murder times. wall. Like he is Isn't just it? like that. There isn't even a chalkboard at this point. It's just like the entire wall of this house. He's got a murder it's house. Pretty impressive. His murder house has a murder wall. And yeah, so the phone rings and it's Jody and she wants to help. She's like, I got you into this. Let me help you. And Sam's like, oh, it's not really your fault, man. But whatever. So back in 1944, Dean tries to make Untouchables references and Elliot doesn't get them, obviously, because it's a fucking movie that came out a lot later. Anyways, but well, he was still real, and that was based on his life. But Dean really wants to be an untouchable, and uh, Elliot Ness tells him he looks like a bindle stiff. And a bindle stiff is a what they were called, like they called hobos because they carried a bindle on the stiff. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Thanks. So they're gonna go to the tailor. I put haberdashery because, because I feel like it was a haberdashery they went to. Well, it's a hat shop, they I'm sure they did it all. So they went to go get a custom suit made, but they basically, they know, but they all, they, they know they have the Elliot and Dean had the combo. They know this thing kills in threes. There's two down. They need to get another one. And there we go. So that's the mission. So this Elliot Ness is busting Dean out of jail to go help him. So, uh, they go in and meet, uh, Ezra Moore, who is fucking amazing. We love her. And, um, yeah. Uh, Elliot just says, yeah, he's from the future. Like, no biggie. So we figure out that, like, Ezra is kind of, like, in on the hunter thing. But we don't really know how. And we never really know how. Yeah. Sadly. But uh, either way. So Dean's like, yeah, gas costs $4. You can get cheese out of a spray can. And the president is a black guy. I could go on. I like cheese on a spray can is a pretty important technological invention that people want to know about. <sighs> Yeah, and so we start we start flipping kind of back and forth between like the it's present and the the past. So sometimes when it's just like present, past, present, past. So we go to the back to the present, and Jody's got books and boxes. Then we go back to the past, and Dean looks really ridiculously hot. He looks really good with his hair parted, like his hair parted down. on the side, like really good. I would really like to see Jensen Ackles do some like nineteen late, like late nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties roles, so I can see him in that look all the time because it was, it was good. It was nice. It was nice. It was working for him. It was working for him. Uh, so, but it, it, this is funny. This is the second time he says. I think it's the second time he says awesome. And like, you know, we say, oh, it's awesome, oh, awesome. And they give him shit. Like earlier on, like earlier, Elliot's like, what, 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 what about this makes you full of awe? And then he says it again. And like, they make, they say that he sounds like a religious kook. I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So every time yeah. that I say awesome repetitively, because they say that is my word of the year, apparently. Awesome. Hmm. I blame awesome. Becky. So Ezra calls them idiots and it's adorable. She is the new old she I is know. the new old Bobby. She is. That's basically like what the, the implication is she's kinda like a, the pre Bobby. Yes, a new so. old Yeah. So Jody's trying to help Sam research all these boxes that she brought over and basically these boxes are from Bobby's storage, is what we've find out. And they actually find a um while they're looking online, they find a picture of Snyder and they see the ring and they're like, wait, what is this? Let's go find it in a book. So now they're looking for the 
hourglass slash infinity symbol looking ring. And in the meantime, Dean and um, and Ezra are discussing about it because they're still in the in the tailor, and she's like, "Yeah, it's the infinite hourglass. It's the mark of Kronos, the god of time." Ooh. And you know, we almost had lore on this. Like, Kronos isn't really like a god. He's kind of just like this concept. Like, he's this thing that like. He represents time. It's this weird philosophical. Yeah, he becomes associated with Father Time, and but it's really just kind of like philosophical crap, right? But anyways, but in here he really does get personified as like a god, and that's actually how it's done in a book series that I really like that I've referenced before. But that's it's a Pierce Anthony series. Yeah, yeah. um, There's a book. There's one of the books that's about time. Anyways, um, so. But basically, what he, she, what Ezra busts out with is he's killing folks for time juice. Get their time juice, sipping on that time juice like his gray goose. <laughs> so she's like, "Well, y'all might like how else is he going back to 2012? The only way is to really to go through Kronos. So you gotta let him grab you. You're gonna summon a god. Mm-hmm. So." uh that's Jody and Sam are trying to summon a god. Elliot and Dean think they're going to kill a god. Yeah. And so, and Ezra's like, sure, sure, I'll scrounge something up that you can kill a god with. No, no big. Y'all, uh, you know, in the meantime, go figure out if his house has been built yet. You can go research that. So, um, yeah, it's. Dean doesn't do well. Like, you know, for someone that really likes like these old movies, like it's like the, like the Wild West one where he like, <sighs> he just doesn't adapt greatly. Oh, is it adapt? You know, it's a hard time sometimes. You know, imitating Sean Connery, or yeah. you know, just you know, blending. Blending is is his issue because yeah. you know he gets sometimes he seems a little dumb. But anyways, they get to the house from before, and Elliot kicks the yeah. door in, which is just kind of like, yeah, this is like why people hate the cops, Elliot. Like, you started this. So anyways, <laughs> Dean finds a, a ledger, and we realize that Kronos is using the Biff strategy. The Biff strategy, which is amazing. I'm so glad they used that line to describe it. Made me happy. But, which, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, I can't even say it. Never mind. I can't say it. If you don't know, too bad. Look it up. Even I know that one. I wonder I if it has. Apparently, a, I've never seen any. I movie. wonder if that has its own wiki page. Anyway, so but basically, there is a ledger and is full of all the gambling stuff that that knows Mister Schneider is doing. Yeah. So basically, the Kronos Fedora Man, whatever, same nice Mister Schneider is using his time travel knowledge to gamble and make a lot of money, and uh, they they're like, well, shit, let's go find his bookie. And so they find Lester Young because it's coded in the book. And they're like, hey, we're going to good cop, bad cop it. Dean's the bad cop. Ooh. Elliot's the good cop. Ooh. And they make up a story after Dean, like, punches the shit out of Lester. He's like, I learned it from watching you. (laughs) Uh, So I can only say that way. Uh, And then, uh, like, Elliot makes up, like, a story about how Dean's been kicking Nazi heads in for the last two years if he doesn't kick a head in every so often then he's needs to get out yeah so basically they um, harass this man until he becomes a stoolie and snitches on Kronos and tells him where to find uh, to find Schneider slash Kronos you can find him at the early bird because he's after it. Yeah. they don't say why they don't say why Mm-mm. just taking me at the early bird so back in modern times, Sam and Jody are like, okay, well, if we're going to summon the Kronos, we need to make sure that he literally has his hands on Dean at that moment. Otherwise, Dean can't ride him back. <laughs> they keep referring to him as riding him and they should stop. <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's a it's lot. Not a good, it's not a good name for this guy. It's, mm-hmm. You should pick another name. But Jody finds a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue that Rufus had given yeah. to Bobby. And it's very touching. It is. It has a piece of paper 
rubber banded to it says, fine, you ass, you win for once. Enjoy, R. Also means Bobby won a bet against Rufus. And so it's only the right thing to do to drink it. Also, you're all alcoholics. So then so, we get back to the past. Yeah. And Dean and Elliot are staking out the diner where Snyder hangs out. And they uh, and we see Elliot bust out a flask. And Dean's like, wait, what? What is happening here? And he's like, oh, why do you think after I went, went after Capone, he had the best cooch in Chicago. Then he proceeds to just like keep drinking this flask and like he'll put it like in front of like Dean's face, but then like just drink it himself. Like he's just a dick, like just himself absorbed with this, with, with this flask. It's just rude. It's very awkward. But Dean's like, well, who died in your life that made you a hunter? Because that's how these hunters that like that we've interacted with before, like, oh, something awful happened to someone they loved, and that's how they became a hunter. And Elliot's like, what the fuck? How morbid are you? That didn't happen. I just had a situation where I ran into a bunch of vampires turning folks. I caught the bug. Yeah, so and now he has the bug. So basically, he's just outside of his like law enforcement stuff. This is something he can do where he can cut punch through the red tape with a silver bullet hunting sets me free uh hunting my elliot ness yeah and dean's like well yeah i started because my family did it but i don't really know why i do it anymore because we know dean's been all blub nihilist about being a hunter and um elliot's like really fucking just like goes hard he's like cry me a river are all hunters this soft in the future yeah, so basically he calls Dean a pussy and, you know, probably because he's drunk and all this whiskey and mm. he's just like, honey, gives you clarity and makes you lucky, blah, 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 blah. Oh, look, there's a broad. But it does. Oh, but they do say that it, may, it, it you're making a difference. I thought that was the important part that I think is important to Dean that Elliot does say, you know, you everybody dies eventually. You're making a difference, though. I thought that was part before he gets to the it brings you clarity. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, they see this pretty lady, pretty blonde woman in a red, really nice red coat, leave the diner. And they're both checking her out. And then they realize that as she walks into the alley, Snyder is following her. And they're like, oh shit, he's going to kill her next. But no, he's going to make out with her. But we find that out right before that, we get to see Elliot's trunk. 1940s trunk, too. I feel like there should be like a 1940s version of trunk. I don't know what that would be. Hey, trunk. I don't know. I don't care. I don't got nothing. So, uh, yeah, it's oh, I know. Cool. It should be like, uh, like uh, Andrew's sister's like trunk. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So they're like about to shoot Snyder, and then they realize that he's making out with this woman and not, not killing her. Hmm. So they kind of like go follow them i don't know this is gets a little unclear to me and all of a sudden elliot's gonna stay at the house that's what to, like, i think, I think the they cut the something lives. here so but yeah, yeah so i think they have followed them they follow them out to the to, like, to the boonies, boonies where where the broad lives and mm -hmm. so um, lila and so then he like finds a farmer and he's like hey farmer man who's that lady yeah and the farmer goes why well, sure mr random police agent fbi man that lady is that lady yeah that's what happened yeah that's it so elliot's gonna stay and like watch the house i don't know and dean's gonna go meet up with ezra to find out what what her plan is to help them kill a god yeah so elliot goes like, off in the field like he just goes with a gun <laughs> Goes out the field with a gun. Yeah. No <laughs> okay. It's very weird. So Ezra has a 1,000 year old olive branch carved by vessel virgins carved. and dipped in the blood of you don't want to know. Yeah. And uh, she says, like, he's like, what do I do with it? It's like, you stab Kronos in the heart with it. Duh. And they both realize, though, at this point in time, well, Ezra already knew, but Dean finally realizes that if they kill Kronos, he's stuck there. 
And I was just like, it's not so bad. And then she kisses him. Yeah, she just starts sexually harassing Dean, which probably <laughs> isn't great, but whatever. You go, Esther. So, I mean, he looked really good. So. Yeah, I know the part. Can the he, part. Does it make it okay? It does not does make, make it, it okay, okay, but the part, man. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, uh, he, and she says, for luck, because I'm lucky. But as Dean's leaving, he has a revelation. Back to the future three. Because he sees a letter on the table. So he borrows some paper. <sighs> but back at the Boonies house that this woman lives in, Ezra is trying to stake it out, but is not hiding very well and gets confronted by Snyder slash Kronos slash whatever he is. And they kind of get into it. And, uh, and, and Ezra, uh, uh, Elliot loses his gun. Oh, Elliot. Yeah. Back in the house, though, we've got this woman. We've I think we've by now heard her name is Lila. Um, she's uh, setting a clock, which is like an interesting just visual choice. Really it was like choice. Yes. Um, and Kronos is like, hey, you just need to pack a bag. You always want to know where I'm going when I leave. So this time you're going to come with me. We're going together. Just pack up. And she's like, what? He's like, no, no, no. Everything's perfect. Just let's just let's just go. Let's just go. You're a dick, man. He's being a dick and shady. And I wouldn't go anywhere with him either. Yeah. So back in uh, in town, Dean pulls up to what is current in the modern time, the flop house that they're staying that you know Sam is still staying in. And goes up the door and like tells this dude who lives there like he's some kind of special agent for termites and there's a outbreak and he needs to inspect the house and the old man's like okay and he's just the poor senior old man is just being taken advantage of but that's okay for this one time just this one time yeah yeah and he like goes upstairs throws moves the bed like goes straight upstairs moves the bed throws a pillow on the ground lays down the way sam would be sleeping to figure out precisely where he would put a uh, a, a sign to Sam, and so, so and this guy is very confused, as you would be. But in the present, Jody has found Sam asleep on the table and sends him to bed. And I'm like, didn't you just drink a bottle of whiskey? I mean, well, yeah. So uh, she's like, yeah, you need to go right now. And he lays down and he sees Sam carved in one of the baseboards, which is a word I could not write down yesterday when I was watching this. I was like, baseboard? What is that? <laughs> the baseboard and, uh, and has, has, has Sam, which I'm honestly kind of like somebody would have filled that in, but okay. Uh, eventually somebody would have filled that in. But he pops it off and there's a note from Dean. So he runs down to share it with Jody and it has the things they needed. It's got the date, the plan, and it has Lila's name. The floozy's name. I just started calling her a floozy. I don't know why. Why? She was lovely. I don't know. Lila's Poor a floozy. Lila. So they find her in her home, unable to work a team or a mulch. Like, what happened to all of us one day? We just become the age where you are unable to functionally work a TV remote anymore. And then you will drive all of your children crazy because you can no longer understand how a remote works. <laughs> so they're like, uh, so they're like, hi, ma'am. Do you know? At first, she thinks that Michael's in trouble again, and we don't know who Michael is, but it's kind of funny. Uh, and Jody's like, "No, no. Do you know this guy?" And she like kind of like, "Oh, like it's kind of sentimental." And since the last time she saw him was November fifth of nineteen forty-four, and she says, "Yeah, the night the clock stopped at eleven thirty-four. Every clock in the house, boom. That's what they needed." Well, time. isn't that convenient? Uh huh. But she's basically like, yeah, that was Ethan, which that's who we know is, I guess, Mr. Snyder slash Fedora slash Hatman slash Kronos. <laughs> she's like, yeah, he said a whole bunch of awful things and a stranger, you know, strangled that poor man. There were two pol policemen there. And Sam's like, was this one of them? She's like, yeah, um, Kronos sucks the life. She out just of choked him. the life out of that poor man. Oh, no. So Dane's going to die. So we go back to the past. And there are Kronos and Dean and they're fighting. Yeah, because he, he sneaks in and they get in a fight. 
And Elliot shows up and holds Lila hostage. And this is where we start going back and forth a lot. Again. Yeah, and Kronos is still being a dick. He's trying to explain to Lila, I'm not that bad. I am murdering for you, sweetheart. That's what every woman likes to hear. And well, and he's like, I'm a god. And, and Dean's like, no, you're a monster. I think that was interesting. But I actually like, I don't know. I've got sympathy for these two. I got sympathy for Kronos. But kind of bad for him. Because he's saying, basically, it takes him three three sacrifices is what he calls them as opposed to murders or kills so he has to have three of those to be able to choose which time he's in otherwise he just like floats through time he has no control over where or when he is yeah because you can't control time well i know but i mean like he, he like something he's just like bouncing around then he meets lila and he falls in love with her and the only way he, can but stay he was there, gonna kill her he was already trying, he was already choosing where he was going to go to before Lila. Because during the, like, Dean gets to this and there he is like, she was going to be the third one. That's why she, he murdered one of her friends and he was going to kill her. But then he was like, you're a hot piece of ass. I'm not going to kill you. I think he fell in love. With, I, I think he was, I read it as he was in love with her and he was trying to stay with her. Right, he but he was. She was going to be his victim, and she. I didn't say that. Dean specifically says it. Well, no, not like in the past, but not like now. He fell in love with her. He. She was going to be his victim, and then he decided not to kill her. And then he right. fell in love, he with in love with her. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's still dark, but he wasn't like going out like I'm murdering. He was murdering he people was... before her. I know that I'm saying, and but he was going to murder her. He was. It can't be the, sweet. The he was going to kill her. That's like a serial killer. Like if Ted Bundy and one of his like victims fell in love, and then like you're like, well, that's sweet. He she just he just wanted to stay with her, but he's no, still I Ted like Bundy. A, I see it kind of like Amy ish where she didn't have a choice. Like she had to kill someone to be able to, for, to, for her son to survive. And that was what, that's kind of the, but I he see didn't have to here. murder before. Like he could just be floating through time. He chose, he chooses. That sounds awful. But he chooses to kill people to be able to go to pen. Flipping through time would be fine. Think of all the <gasps> stuff you get to see. It's not worth it's murdering stressful. people. No, I'm not saying that's okay. I just, I, I think it's a shitty situation. That's what my point was. I had yeah, sympathy she, for his situation, not that he chose to kill. I don't know. In serial killers, you don't get to be in love. You're a serial killer. That's different. He's a serial killer. It's not the same. It is. It's totally the same. It's totally the same. Tonight on this week's Devil's Trap podcast, Diana and Liz debate whether or not. Time, whether, his, whether father time is a fucking his serial father killer. time is serial killer on the state line. Uh, uh, I just I don't think he was relishing killing people. He was doing it as a function I, of, well, of okay. what he thought was so, yeah, survival. I don't, that was my. I think he my, liked it. I think take. he liked it. Where like a dean, or as dean said, you just didn't actually didn't give a fuck. Like he didn't care. He didn't like. He didn't view humans as anything. He was a god except for Lila. Like, it's like it was fucking a swan, man. Like, I don't Just know. Fuck, fuck your day. Either fuck way. your authority. <laughs> Either way. So, but Lila is not having this. She's upset, obviously. And, you know, she, as she understands. Should be. This is upsetting. She, he's a monster. He's a murderer. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's not a monster or a murderer. I'm saying I have sympathy for the situation because I think he felt like he didn't have a choice. That's what I was saying. Uh, so. Elliot's like, mm, this is this is insane. And so we've got the stupid stake and there Dean's gonna go after him, but right as it's happening, Kronos starts glowing because right at that moment is exactly when Jody and Sam have started summoning him. So it's kind of good timing, I guess they pulled is it off. Is this Jody's first spell? I think it might be. Aww. That is cute. Uh, and Kronos is pissed, pissed when they get to the flop house because it works. 
And while that's happening, oh, like Nassau's like throws a steak at Dan. He's like, "Hey, untouchable!" And so the steak goes through, goes through time the with yeah. the red light thingy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So yes. we've got a whiny Kronos. Kronos is upset. Sam gets the stake and stabs and him. Ex- and his veins glow. And he's like, "I'm before I die, I'm going to tell you your future. And it's covered in thick black ooze everywhere. He, he always says, it's thick black ooze, ooze. It's everywhere. They are everywhere. Enjoy oblivion. And then poof, he dies. Enjoy oblivion. <sighs> I will. Thank you very much. What be uh so casting couch casting couch casting couch it's the casting couch were they on that show that time with that So we've got uh, a couple of folks. Um, so our Elliot Ness was played by Nicholas Lee. Hi. Spelled L-E-A. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, he was um, a regular character named uh, Ricky Caruso on the show The Commish. He played Alex Krychek and Michael in The X-Files. That was a regular ongoing character, including the movie as well. He was in a handful of episodes of CSI, handful of episodes of V, multiple episodes of Arrow, and uh, he was in a single ep- uh, episode of Once Upon a Time, NCIS, and more. So he's, probably, he's got he's been in a lot of stuff, yeah. just a lot of s- small or single roles over time. Uh, and then Kronos, uh, aka Ethan Snyder, was played by Jason Doring. Uh, he was in. He's in single episodes of Baywatch, CSI. Um, he was um, Jason in Deep Impact, Detective Will Kinney in the originals, Chase Graves as a recurring character in iZombie, and as Liz is so excited about, Logan in the Veronica Mars show and movie. And he's like, this character actually kind of fits him for like, because he was such like a dick in that, but like also like sometimes he wasn't a dick. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he was also very good looking in that and then very good looking in this. And then like within the Veronica Mars like sequel, then like he like, like I don't know, he like went in a weird diet and he looked weird. But anyways, yeah. And then our new favorite character, is Ezra Moore played by Linda um, Darlow, and she was in an episode. She was uh, multiple episodes of Twenty One Jump Street, multiple episodes of the original MacGyver series, episodes of Who's the Boss, I Zombie, and more. Um, we did. She's one other episode of Supernatural, but not as this character, obviously, because we're not really in nineteen forty-four very often. And was Mary Ann in the movie uh, Buddy Games? Yeah, what I like about her, like after we were both looking at her, her stuff is just you know she's a classic like working actress. You know, like she has yeah. been like working, working since like awesome. the eighties, and like she yeah. has stuff coming out, you know, now the stuff is in pre production. So good for her. Good on you. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so this episode, time travel is stupid. I mean, I, in my my or my super superficial way, it was some good eye candy episode. No, it overall. was yes, it was a very ugly. Well, yeah. yeah, that was a great episode for that. Uh, visually, yeah. it was great. Um, you know, yeah. the I, I like the forties. It was just like there were some wonderful colors in it too. Like like Elliot yeah. Elliot Ness had like this like gorgeous like rust colored coat on. I'm like, what the way I'm like, hello, but. And so it was. It was visually stunning. It was amusing. It was fine. It was fine. It's still time travel, which is annoying. And I so you know, and you know, we're 
So what aren't we dealing with? So we haven't, we didn't deal with the Leviathans. No Leviathans. We kind of no Lucifer. No, we like Sam is fine. Apparently, mm -hmm. um, apparently we kind of deal with Bobby a little bit, but not much. A little bit. Yeah. So it feels like you know, like as much as I love the premise and I love the Elliot Ness idea, like it's still like, hey. Let's like just forget all the long backstory that's going on. That seems super important. Let's just have a fun episode. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. All right. So is that is that how we end this? Just like I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. All right. Cheers, Dirk. <laughs> cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Get It production. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Devil's Trap Podcast.